back when I was in this fantasy world of becoming an actor, taking acting lessons, going on auditions and so forth, a long time ago, well over 20 years ago, I had the privilege of hearing Steven Soderbergh speak at a seminar. And he said something that resonated with me then and, and all these years later, even today. And, you know, he spoke about luck and randomness in his personal career, but in life in general. And he spoke about how he is where he is today because he got lucky. Now, he also said he continued to work in the field that he works in, being a film director, because he's good at what he does. But the opportunity that he got was just dumb luck. And he went on to say that there are, there are thousands of directors and thousands of actors and actresses in the world that people will never know or see. Because they just didn't get their break. And he spoke about how getting your break at anything in life sometimes... A lot of times, more often than people want to acknowledge, is not something many of us have any say in. Um, and he spoke about probability a little bit. But he spoke about it in the sense that if you want to increase the probability of you getting something that you want in your life, focus on those things that you have tangible control over. And one of the things we have control over to increase the probability of us getting what we want in life is developing that skill. And for him, it was film direction. So he made it a point in his life to work to become the best director and filmmaker that he could be. So that when those crossroads of opportunity and luck meet, He's ready. And that increases, that in a sense increases the probability of success. Welcome to episode 39 of the Paradigm Lift podcast. I'm the host, Elliot E, and let's get to it. So, probably, I, I want to say over the last four years, I've consumed well over 100,000 pages of material regarding human behavior, achievement success, and so forth. And most of the people that get into reading about personal development, let's be honest, people want to make changes in their lives a lot of times so they can make more money. Um, society measures, most people in society anyway, measure success by how much money someone makes or what people have or how much money they can get and so forth. And that's fine. I'm not knocking that. But I think when you peel back some real layers of things, we all know that money does not equal health, happiness, and engaging and fulfilling life. I don't need to go into the details why. You know, we all know that once you're at a certain level financially, everything beyond that is kind of useless. But when it comes to optimizing life, how exactly is it that we do that? Well, 
we have to get into what this episode is about, and that's probability. Probability is nothing more than the chance of something happening, right? Um, people that are into sports gambling know about probability. Gamblers, amateurs, and professionals, they know about probability very well. But the average person hardly ever thinks about probability in their life, day in and day out. And it's important to understand what probability is, get a grasp of it, and start applying it to any area in your life you're looking to optimize and improve. Why is that important? Because when it comes down to it, life is nothing more than a series of probabilities. And what I mean by that is there are no real guarantees in life. You know, people will say death and taxes, but taxes aren't guaranteed. You know, plenty of people cheat on their taxes and don't pay taxes and death. However you decide you want to define that based on your spiritual or religious beliefs, in the world of physics and quantum mechanics, right, death doesn't really exist because the law of conservation clearly states that energy is never created or destroyed. It only trans, you know, transitions. So, the, you know, life doesn't have any real guarantees, but life is chock full of probabilities. If you wanted a successful relationship, a healthy and happy marriage, you would have to go and study and research couples, marriages, relationships. You'd have to go and research the professionals that research those kinds of things, that have written books, that have done studies on them, and take the cumulative toll of everything that they do and say to do to produce a healthy and happy marriage to improve your probabilities of that happening, right? Now, if you go ahead and do all of these things that increase the probability of having a healthy and a happy and a successful marriage, does that guarantee that you will get that? No. And the problem is, is that at some point in time in society, and I'm including myself in this, at least in the United States, we've all become a bunch of entitled and spoiled rotten people. Just in, in terms of our expectancy of things, right? I had a friend recently... Um, she lived in a nice condo unit that rented out to a lot of people. And the tenants above her was the penthouse. And they apparently were incredibly noisy and didn't take kindly to people complaining about the noise that they made and stuff and everything. And the tenants below her were actually um, renters who utilized Section 8. And they were according to her, very noisy and didn't take kindly to people complaining about them being noisy and so forth. And I found it, you know, I actually found it funny because she was talking to me about how she's fed up and building management and she's moving out. And, and she eventually ended up moving out. But I pointed out to her that isn't it funny how the super wealthy people in the penthouse and the people that are below that are using Section 8 
both were completely feeling like they had any and all right to live how they wanted to, to make as much noise as they wanted to, to be as rowdy and inconsiderate as they wanted to because of where they are in their lives. And that's entitlement. And that's something that like transcends you know, a lot of uh, ethnic, socioeconomic boundaries. We're extremely entitled. I have a lot of theories as to why that's the case. I'm getting off with the whole thing of probability. But getting back to, I don't even know how I went on that tangent, what my point was. Anyway, we're entitled. And with that comes a lack of desire to be committed to any kind of persistent work over a period of time. Because we just want things. We want things to happen. Amazon Prime has conditioned us all to want things. We order really fast. Like If something takes... I, I, and I'm guilty of it. Most of what I use Amazon for is uh, to order books. And I ain't going to lie. If I have to wait more than two days, I kind of get irritated. So when we have like entitlement issues, we don't want to work. And we don't look at how to get the things that we want. And... Whatever it is we decide to put our focus on and make goals to achieve, we have to create a path. That path has to be consistent with increasing the probability of those things happening. Now, there might be some people who hear this and say, well, you, can, you just said you can do everything to increase probability and still not get it. So... Why bother doing it? I mean, that's that's life, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, life doesn't owe you anything. Life is not going to give you any guarantees, you know. But if you work to increase the probability of something happening and you still don't get it, at least you know you put forth your effort, right? There's no way you could win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. If you want to increase the probability, you know, of that thing happening, you have to, you know, put in the work and understand that things don't just come to you. And this concept of probability applies to just about everything in our lives. If you want a certain type of career, you need to go and study everything that the people who do what you want to do have done over the long term to get to where they're at. And a lot of times, you may come across randomness in their path that you can't fabricate and, and, and you can't create. But you could still do things to that end to try and increase the probability of you being successful in that. Nothing escapes probability. Not your health. Um, nothing. You know, health, nutrition, Diet, exercise, these are all huge things in society today, right? The uh, supplement industry is a $60 billion industry. The fitness fitness and exercise industry is a $70 billion industry. Food, food is in the trillions of dollars in terms of, you know, what it is. And I have conversations with people who think because they eat quote-unquote healthy and and, and they eat right and they exercise that, that's a reflection of society as a whole. If you look at the numbers as a whole in the United States, 80% of the population is clinically overweight. 40% of the population is clinically obese. 
diabetes is exploding through the roof at all ages and all levels and both sexes. So this country is not healthy. This country is living longer, but it's not, it's not living a healthy life, so to speak, you know. Um, and, and that's another thing altogether because the systems set up are to treat diseases, diseases and not prevent them. But anyway, if you want, you know, prolonged health, there are certain things you need to do. Eat right, eat the right diet, exercise, get enough sleep, properly hydrate, you know, things like that. But that doesn't guarantee a healthy and long-lasting life, right? We all have seen and heard the stories of uh, people doing everything right and seemingly getting ill and dying unexplainable. There are no guarantees in life. There are only probabilities. Two things that you need to become well-versed in if you want to start having the mindset of probability in your decisions and your behaviors and so forth are base rates and regression to the mean. And these are two things I honestly did not learn about until I was 46 years old. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very lucky in that I've pretty much made a lot of decisions in my life that have turned out well in complete ignorance of probability, base rates, and regression to the mean. Base rates. Base rates are basically the frequency at which most things happen. So I'll give you an example. Marriages in the United States have a failure rate of 50% as a whole. And that's an average of three things. That's an average of first-time marriages, second marriages, and three or more marriages, because those percentages are each different. So first-time marriages have a failure rate of around 42 to 43%. Second marriages have a failure rate of 65 to 68%, and third and more marriages have a failure rate of 75%. Now, I'll use myself as an example. If I were to remarry since I've been divorced, this would be my second marriage. A second marriage for me has a base rate failure of 65 to 68%. So I would need to really understand that if I were to get married a second time, the failure rate is 65 to 68%. I can't escape that. No matter what I feel emotionally, no matter what my emotions are, or what my feelings are, that is a statistical fact. There is a very high probability that if I were to get married a second time, it would fail. Now, the optimism bias that we all have always thinks that we're not subject to base rates. We always believe ourselves to be different to be exceptional, and to be better than without having to put X amount of work into something. That's an evolutionary construct that's been in the making for two million years of our history. Almost no one escapes it. Well, no one escapes it. Some of us work to be able to recognize it when it happens and we can pull back, but no one escapes it. Now, 
even if I went and did all the things that people like John Gottman and others in the field say to do to create a healthy and happy and successful marriage, there's a 65 to 68% chance that it's going to fail. Now, if I know someone who got married a second time who has the best marriage in the world that is escaping that 65 to 68% base rate, that is an outlier. That is somebody that is obviously operating in the minority of what is the majority in a large sample size. Now, if I go ahead and meet 10, 15, 20 people that are married in their second marriages and are healthy and happy and have successful marriages, that still doesn't change the base rate. And I can't use that sample size of 10 to 20 successful second marriages to say, oh, these people are doing well, so I will do well because of that. No, because the regression to the mean always exists. And that is back to the base rate of 65 to 68%. Now, let's be honest, I'm a human being. These numbers in all likelihood as irrational as it is, will probably not stop me from getting married again if I decided to get married. But I'm just trying to give an example of how probability and components like base rates and regression to the mean all could help us make better decisions and increase the probability of those things we want happening in our lives to happen. There's, it's applicable in every single decision or choice you're going to make. The biggest thing that gets in the way of us being able to implement this, well, there are two things actually. One is the knowledge, which I'm hoping after you listen to this podcast will give you some background information on probability, base rates, regression to the mean, um, standard deviation, or something else. If you go and get a book on you know the fundamentals of statistics and so forth, it will help greatly, I'm telling you. The second thing that gets in the way are our emotions. <laughs> our emotions and feelings know nothing about probability, statistics, base rates, and regression to the mean, right? We all do it. We all fall victim to them. We all eat things we know on some level we're not supposed to eat when we're trying to be healthy. Um, nobody thinks about statistical averages when they get married. Everybody swears they're going to be the one that's the outlier. Uh, the optimism bias has clearly shown that on average 90% of all people polled think they're above average drivers most spouses in every marriage think they do most of the work so our feelings and emotions almost present like a, uh, a block to accepting probability and base rates and so forth. But one of the things I'm hugely passionate about are habits. And when you can collectively build a large group of small habits that work positively and move you along the journey and path 
that you desire to achieve any kind of goal or purpose, you collectively increase the probability. The probability of your path is a good one. And when you look to make complex, big decisions in your life, getting married, who to marry, taking a career, what to major in college, taking a risk on a business, buying a house, where to buy a house, things like that. Big decisions that we don't make a lot of, so we're not really experts at. My theory is that if you make enough good decisions that result in higher probabilities in the way of a lot of habits that you've created, the inertia of all of those good decisions moving in one direction hopefully impact the big decisions we make. Because no one's an expert on choosing a house or where to buy one and when to buy one. No one's really an expert on choosing a career. No one's an expert on knowing when to get married, knowing who to marry. These are huge, complex decisions that a lot of times we just, like Dan Arley says, we're throwing darts. But if you have committed to creating a lot of small, healthy, productive, positive-moving habits, then the collective hopefully moves you in the direction of making good, ha- good decisions and increasing the probability of those big, complex decisions when we come across them. And then, if not, when we fail in those huge decisions, the bulk of everything else is hopefully large enough to absorb it. It's like uh, the Yankees with a high uh, salary cap. They can afford to make a bad signing once in a while because everything else is moving in the direction that, that, they, that they want. So that's my take on incorporating probability, base rates, and regression to the mean in your life and in all your decisions. I guarantee you, if you start to learn about probability and base rates and you start incorporating them into your daily lives, into the habits you create, You will be optimizing life and you'll be doing it almost amazingly in a way that over time becomes effortless. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Paradigm Lift Podcast. I'm Elliot Yee. Take care.